0: Welcome to the FBCLB podcast, where you'll find the preaching of Dave Delaney, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Long Beach. Thanks for listening. Exodus in chapter 20, and this begins one of the most famous sections in all of the Bible, uh, perhaps in in all of religious literature. Uh, We come this evening to Exodus chapter number 20, and uh, inside of this chapter, you find what we refer to as the Ten Commandments. I not referred to that specifically in this passage of Scripture, but that's what we've come to know them through church history as, the book of Exodus, chapter number 20. And I want to read the first two verses, so let's stand together. Out of respect for the reading of God's Word, Exodus chapter 20. And we're going to read the first two verses. And then you'll notice in verse number 3, the very first commandment picking up, and thou shalt have no other gods before me. Then from there, it runs on down through the end of the chapter. But we're going to focus this morning, or this evening rather, verse number one and verse number two of Exodus chapter number 20. Verse number one. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, And out of the house of bondage. And then he begins, verse 3, And thou shalt have no other gods before me. Our Heavenly Father, we ask this evening that you would use your word in our hearts and lives. We ask that you would teach us great and wonderful truths from it. And in Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said together, Amen. amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I'm going to test your knowledge a little bit this evening, all right? I'm going to test your knowledge and your age. I'm going to begin. You see see at what point you can pick pick up in the middle of this, uh, this little rhyme. It goes like this. Two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, how many of you know what we're talking about right now? Let's see this date. Everybody date themselves for a second. Every, everyone under the age of, you know, t- 35, they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about, right? It, what, what is this? It's the ingredients for the what? It's the ingredients for the Big Mac, right? How many of you could sing the song if we put you on spot, right? We could have you come stand. Let's say, I see some hands around the room. Okay, good, very good. How many of you, if you were forced to, you could tell me not just the colors of the rainbow, but the orders of the colors in the rainbow. Could I see? Just just, by, just out of curiosity, raise your hand. Be careful. I might call on you to do it. So you're in church. Brother Taylor, I'm watching you. Okay? All right. Wonderful. Okay? How about the Lakers starting five? Who could who can name it? Let's see. Are, with Dwight's both hands up over here. Okay? Brother McCree. I knew Brother McCree's hand would go up on that one, right? Prior to having looked at Exodus chapter number 20, if I asked you, name the Ten Commandments. Could we have? Could we have? Could we have made it through the list of God's top ten, right? We have, we have put them together, maybe, maybe collaborating with each other. We might could have got there. I would have, I'm going to assume that you probably could have got five, six, maybe seven. But could we, got, could we, could we have gotten all ten? It's important for us to know the Ten Commandments important for us to study the Ten Commandments. It's important for us to understand that the Ten Commandments are from God. He goes way out of his way in this chapter. Before he tells you what the Ten Commandments are, he goes way out of his way to tell us that it is God who is the one who is saying them. This is not Moses. This is God. This isn't from Aaron. This is is from God. A simple question we'll strive to answer five different ways this evening. Why study the Ten Commandments? With all there is to study in the Bible, with all that there is to know, with all the learning that we must do, why spend an evening, two or three, walking our way through Exodus chapter number 20? It'll probably probably take us two or three weeks to get through it. Why spend extra time doing this? Right. That's what we're going to aim in our outline tonight. If you've got an outline in your hands, you can follow along with us. There's much to learn in the Ten Commandments, as much for our own spiritual good, but more than that, there is much in the Ten Commandments that God asks from us in order to bring Him glory. So you'll notice the Ten Commandments... They, they fall out and and you've probably seen different charts trying to help you understand the Ten Commandments. Some of the commandments run vertical. Your relationship with God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Remember the Sabbath. They run vertical. This is the way in which you move on in your relationship with the Lord. This is the way in which you pursue holiness. This is the way in which you pursue godliness. This is the way in which you pursue Him. And then there's other commandments that roll out of this is the way your life should look vertically. Thou shalt you know, not covet. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. right? All these things. If you have a section that roll out your relationship with God vertically, then you have you know, the back half basically that rolls out your relationship with others around you. But both of these are bringing honor and glory to God from our lives. So aiming to answer the question, why study the ten Commandments. Here we go, number one. Our obedience will be strengthened. Why study the Ten Commandments? Because our obedience will be strengthened when we consider that this is actually God's will. Notice verse number one. And God spake all these words saying, so it is God himself who is giving these commandments. This is, a, this is a wonderful way in which God is stressing to his people and to them, through them for us that God is stressing that this is what he commands. This is what he asks. This is the way in which he intends for us to live. This is God saying it. You'll remember uh, in chapter number 19, everything was Moses was speaking on behalf of God. Moses speaking to the children of Israel on behalf of God. And now Exodus chapter 20, God speaking on his own behalf. This is not Moses' will. It's not simply a collection of traditions. This is not man's idea, not God's idea. This is God's will of which he is delivering. He's saying himself, this is what I want for you. This is my plan for you. This is what I want you identified as. You've seen this happen in your own home when someone says, uh, mom said. How many of you ever listened to your kids say that, right? This is this is the ultimate leverage in any situation. It's mine. No, it's mine. No, it's mine. No, I, no, I had it first. Yeah, well, Mom said I could have it. Oh, great. You, you, know, you can have it. I surrender. Mom said, right? This is not Moses saying, here's what God said. This is God himself saying, this is my will for you. Two ideas about this. Sometimes... It's hard to obey God because we do not know exactly what God wants us to do. There are are some situations in which it is difficult to be obedient because we aren't exactly for sure what it is that God would have us to do in a situation. Uh, should Should I marry him? Should I marry her? Should I go to this school? Should I take this college should i you know, oh, p- apply for this job should i go down this road which which of these should I do? Life throws us all kinds of choices. And there would be, cer- it's certainly true, there would be times where it would be wonderful, man, if we could just, you know, open up the Bible, thou shalt go to Long Beach City College. Oh, wonderful. There's my answer, you know. Okay, God, just let a, let a pillar of fire appear over his head if you want me to marry him, right? It would be a wonderful way. I mean, I don't know how long he would last, but it'd be a wonderful way of which to discern God's will. Sometimes God's will is difficult because we do not know what it is. And yet this, this will of God, what God desires from our lives, this is not difficult because God himself is telling us exactly what it is that he wants us to do. God is telling us exactly the way in which he wishes or desires or commands us to live. Sometimes obeying God is hard because we do not know what he wants us to do, which is why it's important for us to know the commandments. If if, if we we put all of us, we put ourselves on the spot, and before looking at the chapter, we had to give the Ten Commandments, we had to list them, could we have done that? And so, man, sometimes if we simply would familiarize ourselves with God's Word, if we would familiarize ourselves with with what is already revealed from God for us, then. Figuring out what to do wouldn't be quite so difficult. So sometimes God's will is hard because we don't know what it is. But sometimes we complicate obeying God because we're ignorant of what God has said in his word that he wants us to do. I'll I'll say third. Sometimes it's hard to obey what God has called us to do. We, We know what God has told us to do. We know what God is asking us to do. And yet, because of a situation or because of a circumstance or because maybe of a consequence, man, sometimes it is difficult to do it. And because it's difficult or we might get in trouble or this might this might be to our own hurt or maybe even uh, to, for in, in, detrimental in some way. And, and so yet we know this is what God has asked us to do. And sometimes obeying God's will and doing what God asks us to do, man, sometimes when we weigh options and we go, yeah, but it would really, it would be so much better for me if I didn't have to do what God said, if I could just skate by, if I could cheat on my taxes, if I could lie to my uh, co-workers, if I could, whatever it is, man, sometimes it would just be better if I just didn't have to live this way. It's helpful to be reminded that this is what God wills for us or This is what God wants from our lives. This is what he commands, the the Ten Commandments. This isn't made up by someone else. This is expressly, this is expressly what God desires from you and from me. This is the way in which God would have us to live. This is the way in which God would have us to obey. This is the way in which God would have us... the things that God would have us to do. You remember Jesus praying in the New Testament when Jesus prayed not my will but thine be done. And sometimes the Lord brings us to situations in our life where he forces us to pray that. God, this is the way I would like for it to work out. Yet not my will but thine be done. We're not exactly for sure what God wants. We have our own desire for the way we would love for it to go. And we're just going to trust that whatever happens is the way that God wants it to happen. But the commandments in this passage of Scripture, we we don't have to pray, God, I'll, I'll let your will be done. And then just hope that whatever it is that's happening will be according to his will. We can know exactly what his will is. Why? Because he tells us. So why study the Ten Commandments, Pastor? Reason number one, because our obedience will be strengthened when we consider that this is actually God's will for our lives. Number two, why study the Ten Commandments? Because our obedience will be increased. Our obedience will be increased when we realize that He is our sovereign lord look at verse number two i am the lord thy god i am the lord so god announcing who he is to the children of israel now i want you to pause and think about this for a second put your thinking cap on remember when you were in school they told you to put your thinking cap on? put your thinking cap on do the children of israel know that this is god speaking certainly they do they, they knew this in chapter number 19 they were trembling they were afraid to approach the mountain the mountain was shaking and and they don't touch the mountain or else then I mean, God himself will judge you they know who this is and yet even though they know who it is even though they've even though they're already in relationship with him God decides to show up and announce himself and Moses has been speaking to to the people of God, on behalf of God. And now, this is actually God showing up saying, this is me, and this is what I want. Have you ever asked yourself, why does God start the Ten Commandments off with, I am the Lord your God? as, As if it could have been anyone else that was speaking down to them. So it's certainly true that they knew who he was. Here, here, here's the point. Here's, here's the, the watershed moment for us. It is it's not debatable, is he God? No, no, he is God. You don't get to decide if there is a God. What you and I have to decide is, is he your God? That's, that's the emphasis. Look at verse number one. I am the Lord. I'm sorry, look at verse number two. I am the Lord thy God, right? So whatever rolls out from here stems from this, which is what? Mm. He is our God. He is my God. So it's not up for discussion of whether he is God. It's, what's up for discussion is, is he your God? Are you his people? Are you obedient to him? Are you following after him? If there is a God, and if He is like God, is revealed to us in the Scriptures, then it is extremely presumptuous and dangerous to say, well, okay, I know He's God, and I I know how He reveals Himself in the Bible, but I think I know better on how my life should go, and the things I should do, than He does. This will be a, a fun study that we'll look at, uh, Lord willing, next Sunday evening. They, they, they came out in 2010 with the New York Times did a poll on what, what we as Americans and living in the 2000s, what we believe a good list of Ten Commandments should be. So, if we, so the, the question was, if we were writing the Ten Commandments over again, what is it that we should include in the Ten Commandments? And what is it that we should leave out? And so this goes to the point. I am the Lord thy God. If, if He is God, and He is, and if He is my God, if He is our God, if He is your God, then it is utterly ridiculous to crowdsource what we think God would want for us because God has expressly said in his word what he wants for us. You'll have a little bit of a, of a giggle next week as, as I show you what that, what that poll looked like. You'll, you'll giggle in order to keep from laughing of what, of what people think is the top ten things that we ought to do in order to, to follow after God. Number three, why study the Ten Commandments? Number three. Because our obedience will be sweetened when we remember that we are obeying our Redeemer. Because our obedience will be sweetened. Look look what he says. I am the Lord thy God. So he he is a personal God. And he is a personal God in that he is for us. In that he loves us in that he sent his son to die on the cross in our place. I am the Lord, thy God. I'm, I am God, yes, but I am, I am God and I am for you. I, I, I love you. I'm pursuing you. You're my people. I created you, then I redeemed you. I bought you. I brought you back to myself. I sent my son to die in your place, commending or proving my love for you. Our obedience is sweetened when we remember that we are obeying our Redeemer. This law that comes from Him comes as a revelation or an expression of the heart of the lawgiver. The law that is given, the commandments that come from this, roll out of this out of this heart. Out of what heart? That, that he loves us. That he cares for us. That he wants what's best for us. That he does and operates in a way in our lives, throughout our lives, of which will be good for us. We, 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 we live in a, a world, a culture, society that we hate law, right? We hate law. I I we want to be free. We want to be free people. No one can tell me what to do. And yet, if you really look at the nature of the law, the nature of the law given here, the nature of even our own laws as a country, well, what do they do? Well, they, they help us. They help us honor. They show us things that are, this is what's worth giving your life to, what's, what's worth living your life for. They say things like laws teach us about things that matter, things that should count, things, things that are of significance or importance. Laws far above preference, far above individualistic ideas. It's far above this. This speaks to the heart of the lawgiver. These are the kinds of things that should matter to us. And this is what God is saying. This is what matters to me. And because I am your God, this is what should matter to you. And I am seen in you to the degree that you are being obedient to me. Our obedience to God will be sweetened when we remember that we are obeying our Redeemer. What number are we on? Number four? All right, number four. Our obe- three people answered, so that makes me think everyone's not following along, all right? Number four. When we can make it like 12 points, so I suggest you just like keep up, all right? Our obedience will be constrained. Why, why study the Ten Commandments? Because our obedience will be constrained when we remember what we have been saved from and what we have been saved for. You'll you'll hear the uh, Galatian language rolling out in in verse number two. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. This is a historical fact. The Israelites were no longer in Egypt. They, They were no longer in bondage. They were no longer slaves. They were now free. And in in this way, the New Testament uses slavery, Egypt, bondage as a metaphor for sin. It being in bondage to ourselves, being being enslaved to our own ideas, our own selfish uh, inclinations, passions, and desires. And in this way, we are no longer a slave people. We are free. And so the commandments being given were not being given as a way in which now we go boss around all the slaves that we have. The commandments being given were were a, a word to former slaves about how it is that they can live in perpetual freedom. Our world defines freedom like this. I'll do whatever I want, whenever I want, with whoever I want, And I don't care about the consequences. This is is how our world defines freedom. And yet the biblical understanding of freedom is not do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. The biblical understanding of freedom is enjoy the proper benefits of doing what you should When a group of people does what they want, when they want, how they want, regardless of circumstance and consequence, do you know what you end up with? You end up with the book of Judges. Judges ends with this note. And every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And Judges is an atrocity of the way people should interact. And those were God's people. Those weren't weren't pagan Canaanite cities. Those were God's people. Biblical, a biblical definition, a biblical understanding of freedom is enjoying the benefits of doing what you should. So in this way, what John says is God's laws, God's commands, they're not burdens to us. They're blessings for us that we should walk in them, that we might know. That we should then know how it is that we should go about through and in with life in, in this way, the, the, the Ten Commandments are, they are not red tape and regulation. God trying to hold us back. The Ten Commandments are not prison bars keeping us hostage. The Ten Commandments are traffic laws. Helping us understand the best way in which to navigate through life. Now, there may be in the room some anarchist who feel like the world would be a better place with no traffic laws. Some of you drive that way, right? You see the light turning slightly pink. It's going from yellow to to red. And so now it's like this light pink. And so it's stomp on the gas. And that's how you get through it, right? There are some who go, well, if we had no traffic laws, we'd all be better. And yet, those who are wiser and older, some of you drive as if there were no traffic laws, okay? But even if you get bogged down in traffic, you get frustrated with this, even, even still, aren't you thankful that there is a semblance of law and order? Stop and go. In order to get everyone to their destination in a timely manner. And someone spent a great expense in order to give us those kinds of regulations. And in order to give us that kind of of freedom and safety. The The Ten Commandments are similar that way. They're not prison bars keeping us Back from doing all that we really wish we could, all we really want to do. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want. The Ten Commandments are traffic laws. They're given to free people in order that those free people can stay free. The Ten Commandments are given to free people in order that those free people could stay free. Why? Because we're not in Egypt anymore, that's why next. Obedience. Why study the Ten Commandments? Because obedience will be enlarged when we remember what God has done for us. Look what he says, verse number two. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. The the Ten Commandments begin with um, a recitation of a historical fact. This is God saying, This is what I did for you. I brought you out. I set you free. I gave you salvation. So salvation, hear me on this. Salvation is not the reward for obedience. It's not. Okay, obey the Ten Commandments and I might let you out of Egypt. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I did let you out of Egypt. I did make you free. I did bring you to myself so that you can worship me. I didn't lead you out of that. I did do this. It's a historical fact. This is what did happen. And now as you stand at the bottom of this mountain, this is my will for you. That this is the way in which you live. And if you live this way, you will be free. This, life goes best when you follow traffic laws. Life goes best when you follow God's word. So salvation is not the reward for obedience. Look here, salvation is the reason for obedience. and That is the difference. False religion says, you want to be saved? Then you better obey. and You better never disobey. You better have more good days than bad days. Because if you don't, you won't get salvation. Christianity says salvation is by grace alone, through grace, through faith alone, in Christ alone, that God freely demonstrates His love for us. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now that you're saved, you belong to Him. Now walk in the way in which He has called you to walk so that men might see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Salvation is not the reward for obedience. Salvation is the reason for obedience. Pastor, why spend time studying the Ten Commandments? Well, because obedience will be enlarged, because obedience will be constrained, because obedience will be sweetened, because our obedience will be increased, and because our obedience will be strengthened when we consider that this is what God actually wills for us individually. I'm excited about our Ten Commandments study. I hope that you are as well, and I hope that you plan, plan to spend time. I would encourage you moms and dads, spend time over these next few weeks, going over the Ten Commandments with your children, studying, reading ahead. Man, this is what pastors going to talk about, and this is why we need to know them, the Ten Commandments for you and for me. Let's stand for prayer, shall we?